Like having your head jumped on over and over and over again. So are the games of our lives. He does have the power bounce badge, so these are the games of our lives. Super Mario and Pokemon and all the games that took us to another place and made us want to keep playing all night. Welcome everybody to the Games of Our Lives podcast, a show where we talk about the video games that made us who we are today. My name is Bill, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, fantastic... Battle on! Battle? Ooh, we're, we're, we're going with the... I was gonna just... I was just gonna name drop. I was just gonna say Matt. Matt works too. I'm, I'm good as both. Tempest, Matt, Tempest Matt. Did I ever tell you that was my actual name online at one point? My name online was actually Tempest Matt at one point because Tempest was taken and Matt was taken. I was like, screw this, I'm both. I mean, you are both. You are both Tempest Matt. Um, what about, like, Madelon? I feel like that doesn't work too well. That that, that... It, it, like, in writing looks better than it sounds out loud. Yeah, it, it almost... Man, I don't even know. Yeah, the, like, there's something, like, a little bit, like, deflating about Madelon. I think it's the way that we pronounce our T's. Matalon. Man, that wasn't no, much better. Nah, it wasn't much nah, better at all. Nah. Scrap it. Your your name's canceled. Alright, off we go then. <laughs> Matt, what game are we talking about this week? Oh, only only the greatest. Paper Mario. Paper Marius for the Nintendo 64. Let's go! Fantastic game. So many things to say about it. Might even be one of the games of our lives. Maybe even. But before we talk about that, we have to talk about one very important thing. And that is the news. So we're going to jump into the news here. We, listen, I love a good news. And uh, here's some good news. Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all skipping E3 this year. Oh, no. <laughs> Got them. I, I feel like this isn't good or bad news. I feel like, you know, E3's been kind of fading ever since really like 2019, 2020. I don't, I don't think this is a big surprise to a lot of people. I mean, Nintendo's been kind of just doing their own thing with their uh, directs, you know, their quarterly directs, or like every was it three times a year or four times a year with their directs. It's kind of hard to tell because it's random sometimes. They'll just like shadow drop a surprise. Here's Paper Mario right. Origami King, or like you know what I mean. Right. Uh. So I, I mean, will Nintendo still more than likely have a direct at the beginning of the summer? Yes, because even when they weren't a part of E3, they still had a Nintendo Direct. And let's be real, by the time June rolls around anyway, everybody's going to be so engrossed in what could be the greatest game on the Switch that it doesn't even really matter. Yep. Uh, Talking about Tears of the Kingdom dropping in May. I will believe that when we get closer and I have more footage or it gets released. Because... If I'm being honest, yeah. after watching what happened to Metroid Prime 4, and then again what happened to Metroid Prime 4, and then us not knowing literally anything, un- until they show me, I don't know if I believe. Hard disagree, and I'll tell you why. Okay. One, Zelda is like main Nintendo, like the... Like the the people who work at Nintendo that are, like, in their main video game making department, 
let's be real. It's it's Mario and Zelda. Those are the two things that like the main studio is all hands on deck for. You know, we hear about like a lot of outsourcing for a lot of their other first party games, including, you know, uh, Metroid, where like the studio is. To be fair, Metroid Prime wasn't really a Nintendo game. It was a game on Nintendo. Right. I mean, like even like Kirby isn't made by like Nintendo specifically. It's Papa Sakurai. Yeah, it's Papa Sakurai. I mean, and let's be real, there's a new Kirby game coming out, it looks like a banger. But, yeah, no, uh, I think Tears of the Kingdom, we literally already have, like, a release date. Sure, a release date could be pushed back, but Nintendo is pretty good about not revealing a game's release date until they're like, oh, it's coming, this is happening, this is the date, here's, like, you're gonna get it. And, and I feel like Nintendo wouldn't mess around with uh, with Zelda, which is, let's be real, like one of their their top three selling entities. And frankly, you know, the Breath of the Wild is probably still the best Nintendo Switch game to date uh, that Nintendo has made. And it, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be a banger. You're not going to see me for a week and a half after that game drops. You're not going to see half of America. Maybe half the world. Yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, I guess E3 doesn't really have much of a purpose then. Yeah, and there's so many other like summer game events that happen in like June and July. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, what's his name, the guy who does the video game awards, Jeff Keeley, does uh, a little summer event as well. Plus, with all the indie studios that exist these days, I feel like a lot of these like big events for multiple games to be gathered together and celebrated, kind of you know, falls on the responsibility of, like, these smaller studios to work together to put out their brand. Yeah. And it's bigger for them. I mean, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are, let's be real, they're they're too big for any one conference. Like, they can literally have their own conference, and it would be fine. Because yeah, they're bigger wrong. than, they're literally bigger than E3, so. They are now. Right, right. I'm saying, like, right now. Which is a really weird thing to think about, considering the history. I, I mean, that's just how big Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo have all gotten over the last decade. It's just, uh, they're powerhouses. They not only control the flow of games, but they control the flow of gaming a lot of the, a lot of the time. So, if they release stuff on their own, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. You're still going to get the same stuff. It's just a question of, like, when you get it where you get it, but it's still the same stuff. Right. Next piece of news. Very hype. Good for Pokemon cards in general. Oh. We have a Pokemon who's going to be coming back to paperback, baby. Ah, yes. We've got Kadabra, formerly ba- formerly banned. Ah, do you know do you know the lore? Oh, I'm going to get into it. Okay. It's part of the news, you silly goose, because his name is all over. Well, Yuri Geller, who was a magician back in the 80s and still, I presume, is a magician today. He's, he exists. Well, he exists, and Kadabra's Japanese name is Young Geller, who, which is supposed to be like an homage to Yuri Geller. And Yuri Geller was like real cringe back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, took offense to this and said, you can't be using my name and likeness and making money off of it. 
Well, turns out 25 years later, Yuri Geller has a come to Jesus moment. Uh, Jesus is uh, Pokemon. And <laughs> come to Arceus moment. He's like, yeah, come to Arceus moment. Thank you. He's like, you know what? I've been a real, real piece of Snorlax dungus for the last 25 years. The ban on Kadabra is over. Celebrate Yuri Geller. I'm in my 70s now. I need a legacy. And people tended to have forgotten about me outside of this. So let's make it work one more time. Kadabra's back on the menu, boys. So yeah, Kadabra cards were banned for like banned from being produced uh, for the, like the better part of the last twenty years, and now that that's all set, Yuri said, "No, we Gucci, homie. Bring on the Abra Kadabra and Alakazam," which yeah. it was pretty hype. It's pretty hype. Good on good on Yuri for turning that frown upside down. I don't know if he actually did that so much as he was just like, uh, uh. Oh no, I don't want to die without like people think I don't want to die with people thinking I'm the bad guy. Uh Right, right. It's so funny how like people will basically have their heads so far up their butt end, you know, in their earlier years, and then like as as their later years come around, they're like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal, guys. Fine, like we'll do the the not that big of a deal. Should have been an automatic thing. Yeah, he should have just been like, listen, this is pretty cool that I'm I'm relevant enough for someone to make me into a Pokemon. Right. And for people to want me to be there, that's pretty cool. Like, he could have had so much positive publicity. He could have just, like, taken pictures with, like, Pokemon cards or something. He could have, like, gotten good advertising. But nope. He he was a dingus. Mick Kringus. He's a real Dunsparce, you know? He puts the Dun in the Dunsparce. Dang. You are the Dun making these Pokemon cards. I hope you're not a a dunce when you're picking your next Splatfest flavor, okay? Because oh, we have a new Splatfest that's announced. Uh, Splatfest, I believe, is starting this coming weekend. I or no, it's think... it's the weekend of the 10th, 11th, and 12th of February. Yeah. Uh, and the next Splatfest, it's a trio, and we've got dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate. This is the first one that made sense to me. Yeah, no, this one... No, this is not the first one that made sense to me. This is maybe the second or third. I did think that the Pokemon starters made sense. Oh, you're right. That, all right, that one and this one. That was totally viable. The last one, the salty, sweet, and spicy, was dumb. There was another one. Camping, grub, fun, and work or something like that. I don't know. It was like grub, fun, and gear or something. Gear, yeah, like <laughs> dumb, bad. But dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate, there's only one answer for me. I'm oh? sorry. I'm sorry. It's dark chocolate for the boy. Oh, man. I'm sorry that I have taste. Wow. Don't even pick the one that's not even legally chocolate. I feel attacked. You're going for white chocolate, aren't you? I love cookies and cream. Uh, but what are the cookies made out of? Chocolate. Not dark chocolate, though. They're just cocoa. But the white chocolate's not even real chocolate. It's, I don't even right. know what white chocolate's made out of. It's made out of mascarpone I, or something. Okay, actually, white chocolate is made out of cocoa butter. It is one of the main ingredients in the other chocolates as well. The difference is that they do not add the cocoa powder. Thank you very much. Yeah, so it's a fake fan. Um, wow. 
I choose to. White chocolate is literally the base of the other chocolates. It's cocoa butter. I choose to ignore your reality and substitute my own, okay? I I appreciate the reference. I do not appreciate the hostility. <laughs> <laughs> it's listen, listen. There's no such thing as a bad chocolate, all right? It, th- guys, this was a a little a little jokey meme to tell you that that chocolate gatekeeping is not okay because chocolate's delicious no matter which way. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I love all three. Yeah, yeah. And like if you gave me a a candy bar that was dark milk or white chocolate. I'm eating it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's 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 teeth on sight. Teeth on sight. Oh. Yeah, my teeth going into that bar on sight. Well done. Yeah, something like that. But I, I'll likely go uh, team dark chocolate here. Just because uh, dark chocolate is my favorite of the three. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, Splatfest, baby. It'll get me back to play again. Yeah, I haven't played since two Splatfests ago. I I, I, li- I really only played a little bit of that salty, sweet, and spicy one. And I, I do want to keep my eyes peeled for the next big run, because I feel like I uh, probably should do a big run, because big run sounds like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I missed the last one, and I really regret it, because it looked like it was really cool. Ooh, this past weekend, also, we wrapped up. I didn't actually have this written down on the news, but, you know, having just timed events made me think about it. We just had a Pokemon event, Greninja. Uh, Seven-star terror raid battle in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, where players could work together to take on a seven-star Greninja Pokemon, uh, a timed event. Battalon, were you successful in taking down Greninja? Yep, three times. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this was the easiest one. Which is weird, because it seemed like it was going to be the hardest one. But the moves they gave the Greninja, I think, made it easier. I just don't understand why... Did they get rid of Technician as its ability, or did it never have Technician? I don't think it had Technician. I think it always had Protean. I think they made Protean bad in this game, though. Or, like, just they nerfed it in some way. I don't know how it works. I think what happened is that when you're playing regular Pokemon, right, you're bu- you're, you're building your Pokemon. Right. If you're not competitive, you're not going to build max IV, max EV Pokemon. For Terror Raids... People who used to just not care about building Pokemon and they just wanted to catch Shinies or whatever, or just like play through the story, have fun. Like those people are now building Max IV EV Pokemon. I did that. I've never ever done that once, and I've done that intentionally multiple times now. Hard agree. Like literally, that's exactly. I I've never never gave a toot about EV and IV training Pokemon. But, listen, I won't go into a raid unless my Pokemon is level 100, fully bottle-capped, uh, maxed to the, the brim with uh, vitamins, a.k.a. steroids. Listen, if my, Pokemon, if my Pokemon's not juicing, then he's not playing, <laughs> alrighty? You know, call, my, call me Barry Bonds, baby, because whew, we're swinging for the fences. Hey, I mean, you might get an asterisk, but you'll still get the award. Hey, I'm the one with a pocket Greninja now. Yep. Me too. But alas. Oh, wait. Actually, no. Ty got it too. Ty got it too. You you literally helped him get it. Slow bro P, baby. Dude, that was broken. I mean, just stored power is such a good move if you can just tank. I want them to make the next terror raid something that doesn't get beat up by stored power. They literally had a special attacker and still 
iron defense was more viable than amnesia in this uh, matchup, which is just hilarious. Like Greninja's best move was hydro pump, and hydro pump misses like twenty percent of the time. So I don't know. I <sighs> design decisions get dunked on. I suppose it's all right. Uh, who do you think is going to be the next Pokemon? If you had to take a stab at it. We haven't gotten a grass one, so I would not be surprised if it was, like, Decidueye or something. I think Decidueye would be brilliant. Uh, I could I think... see Decidueye. I could see Venusaur. I could see Chestnut. See, I don't think they would do Chestnut because Chestnut's not as popular. I like Chestnut, but most people think Chestnut's kind of cringy. Well, the thing is, uh, there's already, like, a handful of Pokemon that are already in the game's code, and... A lot of the starters are not there. Ah, Chestnut is, though. But the Kalos starters, uh, the Alola starters, the Gala, like all of the starters from Kalos on are programmed into the game. So I do have a feeling that we'll likely be getting either Chestnut or Decidueye. Decidueye. I just don't know what terror type they would go. Like, if it's Decidueye, maybe they go like oh. electric, or I mean, a flying rather, flying terror type. They could do something cool with Decidueye. He could, you could have base Decidueye and its terror type could be fighting. To go for flavor reasons. Yeah, I get it. But also, they just had a fighting terror type. So I, I doubt that they would dive right back into the fighting pool immediately. What would they give Decidueye then? I, I think flying would be the way to go here, I was actually right? going to say flying would be really good for a couple of reasons. One, if you tried going in with Bug, it would just dunk on Bug. Yeah, but... That's true. Luckily, you know, Bug is a garbage type anyway. I want Bug to get love, okay? There are so many... Oh. I love the stapler, okay? Lokix is a great Pokemon. Love him. Yes, I call him the stapler because he looks like a swing line. Alrighty. I have my level 100 shiny one now. Oh, sick. It looks really cool. The green swing line. Nah, he's more like a... Like a... It's like an olive... It's like more yellow than olive, though. It's like gold. It's like green gold. I'm going to call it Yolive. All right. That was a choice. <laughs> I reckon we got some Yolive over here. Well, I reckon we got some more news to talk about. Oh, good. Segway. Uh, Goldeneye out on uh, NSO and Game Pass for all you millennials who are trying to relive your college dormitory lives. It's back. It's back, baby. 007. And uh, you're going to learn that Perfect Dark was always better. Boom. Wow. Oh, man. Somebody had to say it. You got lots of takes today. Dude, I'm on fire right now. You should put that out. This fire is dangerous. Listen, one more hit. One more hit, and I'm literally going to be on fire like I'm NBA Jam or something. I swear. Yeah, did you see that Grant Kirkhope published a list of who composed which songs in the game? For which game? For... Uh, right. I oh, should've... for Goldeneye? Yeah, I should have mentioned that because they're both rare games. I didn't realize that he had made a list attributing... Him and the Beanland. What the heck is a Beanland? It's one of the composers for rare. Oh, I... the, the Beanland? It sounds like a band. Like Grant Kirkhope and the Beanland, ladies and gentlemen. And then they start singing a song. They do both make music, that's the thing. So maybe that maybe that was their plan the whole time. Uh, could have been. Could have been. Listen, I'm waiting to see the Beanland live. Got any other news for us, my friend? Sure do. 
We've got uh, Seth Rogen's voice as DK has been oh. revealed in a recent trailer. Oh, uh, shoot. For, for those watching the uh, the NFL football games, there was a Super Mario movie spot where Mario is uh, in what looks to be like a, a gladiatorial battle with one Donkey Kong Mario wearing a cat suit, uh, confirming the cat suit is going to be in the Mario movie. And Seth Rogen's voice as DK sounds just like... Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen. Yeah, unsurprising. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he didn't try to, like, pretend to be Italian or something. Uh, Good. Or, or do something weird with his voice. I mean, let's be real. I, I think it's hilarious that Chris Pratt's like, I'm doing something different for the Mario voice, and his voice just sounds like Chris Pratt. It's like it's like an ever-so-slightly modified Chris Pratt voice. Uh, that's a... He's not a voice actor. No, he's not. Which... It's funny because like half of the other like half of the rest of the cast has such unique voices. Right, and they're also like they have experience doing voice acting of some sort. Right, especially like Keegan Michael Key. Right. I mean Seth Rogen too though. Seth Ro- I mean Seth Rogen like Seth Rogen has just such a unique voice. Uh even Jack Black as Bowser. Uh Jack Black th- okay. <sighs> Jack Black killed it in that trailer, the the second trailer. With, like, the penguins that were attacking. Also, the guy who played the voice of the king penguin was glorious. Do you yield? Like, that... Oh, the voice acting in that was amazing. And then you hear Chris Pratt, like, Wahoo! I'm Mario! It's like... (laughs) (laughs) As long as he doesn't ruin it for me, I'm okay. Yeah, listen, the the, the movie looks fine. Alrighty. Speaking of gladiatorial battle... Uh, this is a Super Smash Brothers related uh, news article here. So we we have another uh, a tournament news in the news here. This one's a little wild, though. I was reading the story. It's kind of insane. So Smash Player uh, went to a tournament in the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, player's name is Frenzy. How do I not know this? Was sent to a hospital after being tricked into using a fake taxi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the San Francisco uh, airport. Ended up jumping out of the car when he saw that police cars were chasing after the vehicle he was in. Just had some, like, bumps and uh, cuts, but nothing, no major injuries. But, what? Dude kind of got kidnapped by by a fake taxi man at the airport that I used to frequent regularly. Yeah, yep. That's kind of wild stuff. That's a lot. It's no P-Jar, so, like... You know, arguably nothing, a better piece of news, but nothing will ever top the P jar. I mean, we're we're happy that Frenzy's okay. It seems like an absolutely terrifying, you know, circumstance to uh, experience. Yeah, what the heck, man? I have no words. Yeah, d- don't listen. Don't jump into fake taxis if you can help it. Is my uh, my advice here. Uh, but if they're getting good at tricking people, then use Uber, baby. Yeah, seriously. Just just, just use Uber. Why would we not use Uber to begin with? Because, listen, he's from across the pond. Maybe he doesn't know how taxis work here in America. I don't know. But it sounds like the, the police were onto this guy pretty quickly. The police were chasing him. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, more news. Couple couple more, and then we're getting into the game of the week. We got Marvel Snap PvP coming today. I, I'm, I'm so excited. All right. I love Marvel Snap. 
I'm excited. It seems like it's going to be really fun. I am curious to know how they balance things. But is the game cool. in need of balance right now? Um, I don't know. I mean, not necessarily. I'm wondering. So, I may have like misunderstood part of it. I thought that they were also working on like sort of like a PVE component to it, and that's the part I'm I'm really curious about balancing. I think that being able to direct challenge people is smart because why couldn't you already? Sure. But it makes running um, events significantly more possible from like zero to a hundred percent possible, which is good. I mean, oh yeah, well that's all this game needed, and the truth is magic is just getting worse on arena hearthstone has been kind of slowly slipping as time goes on marvel snap is just great so yeah go check it out guys pvp here today so check it out and the last thing i wanted to do and this is going to be kind of like a new mini segment within a segment you know we talk about the news every week and i i feel like we should dedicate a small segment to games that are going to be coming out in the next month that we're kind of hyped for. I picked three games here. Feel free to disagree. Feel free to, to lay waste to them. If your favorite game that's going to be coming out this month didn't get named, it's because we absolutely hate it and wish nobody plays it. Yep. Uh, That's the only reason. That's the only reason. And it's not just because there's like 70 games coming out this month. And I only wanted to pick three to talk about that what no all right uh, we're gonna start small and go big how about that sure we're gonna start with uh tales of symphonia remaster coming out in february it's it's a game that exists listen it's a game that exists it's been on like my radar as an rpg that i need to play for uh when did the first game came out like 2003 something like that yeah somewhere around there so, for almost 20 years, the game's been existing, and me being... Listen, I consider myself a JRPG enjoyer, uh, to an extent. Uh, one of the other games on this list is a JRPG that both of us are stupid hyped for. I'm oh, yeah. literally, right now, playing through a JRPG. Uh, we'll get to that later. But Tales of Symphonia uh, Remastered, I mean, it's a game that people call one of the prettiest games on the GameCube, as it is, I think. And getting a remaster of a a 20-year-old game seems like a hype thing to do. So I'm here for that. I'm excited for it. Did you play any of the Tales games? I have played no Tales games ever, but I have watched people play parts of them. And Or did I watch Skies? Is that the one where you do, like, airship battles? That's the one I watched. I did That's not, Skies of Arcadia, yeah. I did not think that looked like fun. But yeah, that 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 I don't think Skies of Arcadia and Tales of Symphonia are the same publisher. Pu- I don't know. I don't think they're the same mm. franchise. I've heard Tales is really good though. Like, right, like I've heard the Tales games are really really good, but there's like yeah, there's like Skies of Arcadia, there's Blank of Blank Blankia. There's a lot of them that are out there. But Tales coming out. Uh next up is uh Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Uh it's a rem it is a remake of a game that uh, Matt and I have played together in the past uh, on the Wii. And uh, it is going to be introducing a at least one new copy ability where Kirby turns into Palisand. Yeah, basically. It looks kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of neat. So uh, I'll probably get this. This will probably be a, 
a stream game or something like that. I have to play it with the kids, so the I game looks adorable. It. The game looks cute. Uh, they're they're using a, a slightly different instead of like the 2.5D that they used for the original game. It, it's kind of like a, a 2D hard outline on a soft background visual. Uh, it, it it's almost like reminiscent of like a 3DS looking game. Yeah, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait and see. I don't want to judge That's it until fair. I'm playing it. I mean, it's a 2D Kirby game, and it's yeah. a game that we've played before. We know what we're getting ourselves into a little bit here. Yep. Last game, which caught me by surprise. It's literally the reason that we're doing this segment here. Octopath Traveler 2 comes out at the end of February. Oh, how is this so soon? So Octopath Traveler 1, which originally I think came out in like 2017 or 2018, uh, really early in the Switch's lifespan, caught both Battleon and I by surprise, so much so that we uh, we just fell in love with the dang game. Like, individually, this wasn't even, like, the two of us playing the game together, none of that stuff. That, like, we both just were like, this game is, it, this game is him, okay? Octopath Traveler, if you like JRPGs, if you have a soft spot for, like, those uh, classic Final Fantasies from the Super Nintendo era, ooh, boy! Uh, do we have a treat for you? It's, I mean, I mean, the game, it, it, it's a sequel to the smash hit right and octopath traveler one is now available cross-platform and i believe octopath 2 is also going to be available cross-platform i think i think we could do an entire episode on octopath it's it's so good oh we we will talk octopath absolutely i think i'm going to be getting this one for the ps5 though i don't think i'm going to do it on the switch i'm going to get on the switch just so i can play it wherever that's fair i'm not yeah i'm not a handheld switch guy i I just can't do it. Literally, we'll we'll be in bed upstairs, and Rachel will be like, hey, get your Switch, then play a thing. I'm like, okay, and I literally bring up the whole thing and connect it to the TV upstairs. I'm like, I, <laughs> I can't. I can't just hold it in my hands. Big, meaty claws. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. I, I just like being on the TV better. I see it better. I think that's what it is, like, when things are small. The OLED makes that a lot better. That small difference is a big difference. It's true. But, like, most of the time we're doing, like, shiny hunt stuff. And I've tried shiny hunting on a Switch Lite. And oh, that's 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 tough. Listen, you know, my the most impressive find that I've had doing shiny hunting on a Switch Lite, I did find a shiny Hatterene. If you don't know, Hatterene is a very tiny Pokemon. I was just going to say, it's really small. How did you find that? Uh, Eye of the Tiger, baby. Eye of the Tiger. That's I'm all I can say. I'm not going to sing it. I won't do it. Let's throw the fight. It's playing in my head. <laughs> You're welcome, but we can't actually sing it because I don't know what's legally allowed on a podcast. DMCA. Aw. Guess the, what? The moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to talk about the game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. Now it's time for game of the week. Woo! And the game of the week, of course, is Paper Mario, the Nintendo 64 Super Classic. Right? I would call it a Super Classic. It is a... Uh, it spawned a, a genre of games. I mean, it did, but it also didn't. No, 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 no. It did. It literally did. Wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to tell me that Paper Mario is not a follow-up to Super Mario RPG? Yes and no. There is... 
it is partially an aesthetic thing, but the sure the aesthetic is totally different. The <clears throat> the RPG components are in some ways very similar, um, and others are very different. Like damage output is very different. The damage scaling in Mario RPG basically is like a midpoint between like. I don't know. Damage scaling like, in Mario RPG is more akin to classic RPG right. games like Final Fantasy, which is not surprising given the game was made by uh, Square Enix. Right. Uh, but if you look at all the other games after Thousand Year Door, the gameplay is very different. There have been a number of indie devs <coughs> excuse me, who basically copied Paper Mario, and that gave you games like uh, Bug Fables, for example. Then you had um, was it Outbound Ghost and right. Now you have yeah, Born of Bread, which Born still of has Bread. Not come I out am yet. so excited for that game. Born of Bread should be a banger. I'm probably I'm probably in like the top five most excited people for that game. It maybe I. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a bunch of other things copied. It they now have Paperverse. They have like games that are inspired by Paper Mario. They literally have a community of people now that are game devs that use it as, like, the baseline for how they design either the aesthetics or the gameplay or both. And not for nothing, but, like, you know, the game... Uh, let's let's run it back just a little bit. Uh, Paper Mario is a, uh, a an RPG game starring Mario and friends who are on a quest to save Princess Peach from the evil browser, right? Which browser? It's not Opera. It's not Google Chrome. It's not Firefox. It's it's definitely Internet Explorer. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely Internet Explorer. Um, and not even Microsoft Edge. All right. No, this talking... is pre-Edge. Pre-Edge. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, classic Mario adventure from the uh, main story plot. However, this game uh, tasks Mario and his traveling companions who help him in battle uh stop the baddies and in a turn-based action rpg style go through different chapters to meet new friends save the day and get stronger so they can take on the big scary king bowser originally dropped here in the americas in uh, 2001 and uh, so this was growing up i feel like everybody had what they uh, would call maybe a uh, a chronic rental, you know, yeah, like the the nineties and two thousands. Let's be real, kids would go to uh, like Blockbuster or or uh, Tommy K's or G- Game Galaxy or Hollywood Video, whatever your whatever your rental store du jour was. And you know, growing up in the two thousands, you you got to rent these games for a week, seven days, and I, I mean. I don't even know that it was always a week. I feel like back in the day, it was only like a four-day rental or something. Oh, yeah. Like no. When Blockbuster started renting N64 games, they had two- and three-day rentals because it was so hard for them to, like, get enough of the games and keep them in stock for people to actually rent them. Right. It was rough. You could rent an N64. We did before we got one. We rented an N64 with Mario 64. Oh, that's pretty sick. Uh, but yeah, no, Paper Mario was my chronic rental. Like I, I never owned the game as a child, but I had rented it enough where I had been able to beat the game a handful of times. 
over the course of my childhood. But so, like, realistically, my parents should have just bought me the game because in rental fees probably was pushing the like, cost of the game. Probably was pushing the cost of the game. Probably, yeah, probably rented it like eight or nine times. Yeah, that was Mario RPG with uh with me. We rented Mario RPG like three or four times, and then my mom was just like, "We're just gonna get the game." Because he's going to keep asking to rent it. <laughs> right, right. Blast from the past. When you're playing this game, uh, you have to... Now Mario RPG set this up in, in its game. In playing Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo, another uh, JRPG, Mario goes from area to area, and as he uh, beats major bosses in each area, he collects uh, star pieces, which are... Uh, these stars that send up to the star road now they do something similar in this game matt but it's they a little do? different yeah where you got to collect uh seven somethings oh wait to help on. save the day transmission incoming what's that beep, 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 beep. oh now the stars are sentient got it got it got it and we're going to collect playing cards understand hey. yeah uh, uh i've been informed that the stars are now sentient and we collect the cards that they somehow use as the basis for their existence. What? Wait, are you saying that your life essence isn't held in a uh, paper trading card? Listen, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not real. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to explain Yu-Gi-Oh! not being real to me. Sorry, Tony. We love you. Tony, I, I may have been too harsh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to drag Yu-Gi-Oh through the mud right here, but <laughs> I didn't mean to wind you up or anything like that. That would just be unfortunate, right? <laughs> That's a joke that he will probably be the only person that gets. Ah, never forgiven. Uh, just like Tony will never forgive us for talking smack about Yu-Gi-Oh. What were we talking about again? Were we talking about Paper Mario? So we've got sentient stars who are on playing cards. The difference between these sentient stars and the star pieces from Mario RPG, not only do they have uh, their own distinct personalities, not only does one of them have a mustache, not only are they future featured in Mario Party 5 for the Nintendo GameCube, but after saving each star, you also get a new star ability, which is pretty sick. Ah, yeah, those are pretty important, too, because... They uh, not only give you more power, but they also have, like, some kind of niche uses. I think they do a better job um, with the abilities in Thousand Year Door. But yeah, they flesh them out a little more in Thousand Year <clears throat> Door, but this is a great starting point. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they were like, this system is a system that should exist because we're collecting these things. Let's right. give them a, a gameplay purpose beyond just this moves you to the next areas. And the whole, like, charges up to give you the star rod power kind of matters, too, you know? Like, that oh, doesn't absolutely. make sense without that. So it was pretty cool. I, I still think I still think the, uh, the best ability, uh, there's two abilities that I feel like really just that go in harder than the other ones. You get uh, Star Storm pretty yep, early in the that's game. That's it. That's the only uh, one. There are no other abilities. Realistically, you're correct, but in, in a pinch... In a pinch. Oh, Smooch. Smooch from uh, yeah. Miss Star. Yeah, all right, you're right. Those are the two. Heals Mario's HP by 20, which, listen, if you play the game like us, that's like 85% of Mario's health right there. Yep. 
Like, you really, really don't even have to go much higher than 25 health to just be able to take care of business. I guess speedruns use some of the other ones, too, sometimes, because, like... Sure. I mean, Eldstar, <clears throat> I mean, for healing 5 HP is close to half of your health, so... It's 5 and 5, though. You get FP, too, so... Right, the, and cures status effects. Yeah. But really, you're using that as an FP boost. Yeah. More than anything else. I feel like Mamar putting enemies to sleep could be all right as well. Uh, if you are trying to set up a plan, but the thing is, most of the things you'd want to use it against won't fall asleep, so... Right. It, it's, it, it makes more sense to do the guaranteed things as opposed yeah. to the, like, 50-50 coin flip abilities like Mamar's Lullaby or Clevar's Timeout. Yeah, and if I needed something to go to sleep, I would just use, like, the Sleepy Stomp or something. That's fair. Yeah, because it's usually one enemy that you're trying to target anyway. Yep. Now, going through this adventure, you know, you're traveling through through forests and deserts and and snows and different things. Mario gets, every, every once in a while throughout this story, a, a new travel uh, partner. And the travel partners are all kind of like a, a, a twisted take on traditional Super Mario enemies. For example, the first three uh, friends that you find in the game are a Goomba, a Koopa Troopa, and a bob But they all look different. Our buddy, the uh, the the Goomba here. Goombario. Goombario's got a nice little blue uh, baseball cap. We've got Cooper, who is blue. He's got a blue shell. But he's also got a sweet little bandana and some wristbands. And then Bombette, bright pink, baby. Along with a tassel for the fuse. She does have a, a blonde tassel for Because it fuse. works with hair. Hey, levels, baby, levels, layers. Listen, something that newer Paper Mario games could uh, take a page out of here, but that's <sighs> that's just me future complaining. Don't you worry. Uh... But each one of these characters has unique battle abilities. They, I don't think they have health in this game. No, they don't have health, but they can be stunned. If, you, if right. they get hurt, they're stunned for that many turns. Right. The amount of damage they take is the number of turns that they get kind of downed for. But each uh, travel partner in this game has unique battle abilities as well as a unique overworld ability, uh, which can be used with, I want to say, down C. Uh, back using them C yes. buttons. Yep. So, for example, Goombario is kind of like your, your hint helper. Like He'll kind of talk about what's going on around you. And he'll also kind of say, like, hey, you know, there might be a weird switch here or something like that. He'll also, in battle, give you the ability to tattle. Right. And tattling is a really uh, cool ability. Wait, actually, no. He doesn't He doesn't do tattle. Goom- Goombella does tattle. Goombella does tattle. His is uh, multi-bonk. Right. I don't know that... Is tattle in this game? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's just a badge that displays enemy hit points or something like that. Yeah, it's like a heart or something. Uh, but uh, So Goombario uses jump attacks. Uh, Cooper can be kicked out of his shell, uh, or his shell can be kicked to reach faraway objects or hit faraway switches. Uh, and he can hit multiple enemies on the ground. Bombette explodes things, you know. And then, you know, he gets a handful of other friends following him through the adventure and each one kind of allows mario to access a little more of each world with their different platforming and uh just overworld abilities 
and they they all have their own unique little personalities. Like Lady Bo, who is oh, this yeah. bougie boo who lives in the Forever Forest, and she's got herself a bootler and everything. Oh, and it's his name. His name is His bootler. name is literally Bootler. And she listen, she's about as rowdy as they get. She'll slap a fool. Straight so, up. That's what she does. Incoming fun fact. Yeah. Goombario has an unused sprite in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Oh, broken. The fact that we don't have him is a crime. He's currently my avatar for my Switch profile. Tyler's is Watt. Yo, Watt is... Listen, I feel like Watt was my go-to. Like, once you get Watt in Chapter 4... Watt, by the way, is a little sparky uh, with, like, literally... it's It's got, like, a little... Like, whatchamacallit in its mouth. It's got a light bulb as a, a pacifier. Yeah, it's got a light bulb as a pacifier. And Watt's... Basically, Watt's, like, special ability is that uh, its damage is not impacted by enemy's defense. So an enemy could have theoretically infinite defense, but Watt will still get its damage in, which is really, really cool and, like, really powerful later in the game. Yep. But, yeah, Watt was, like, my go-to homie for large chunks of the, the end game. Probably my favorite of the the party members. See, I always had quick change. Quick, I mean, quick change is great. It's it's really really valuable. Did you have a favorite party member that you like to use? Um, for the first half of the game, it's probably Paracarry. Oh, Paracarry's a homie. I mean, he can let you fly over jumps that are too big for you to jump over by yourself. Also, his damage output was really good because his shell shot. Shell shot was really powerful. Did like five or six damage early game. Um, late game, I used a lot of. Depending on if they had high or low defense. If they were low defense, I actually kind of liked Spike. Are you talking about um, my boy Lack of Lester? Yeah. Spike. What does he think? He's too cool for his name? Yes. Yes, he does. Or he wants to be. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, Spike is a, uh, a Lack of 2. And yeah, no, he's he's really, really good. He, he basically acts as uh, Yoshi in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Except Yoshi has Watts attack through defense trait because gulp right but that does require flower points it's not like it's base attack correct where what literally watts base attack is its best ability uh if you're not speed running yes yeah 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 yeah. i i do be am not speed running yep this game it, 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 it just adds to the legacy of of bowser in in my mind bowser just continually being just like a a prime spotlight character in the mario franchise and really this is kind of it's not the birth of like funny bowser because that was mario rpg funny bowser started in mario rpg and i i don't know why square enix decided to do that but it was it like kickstarted bowser as a character and Really kind of cemented Bowser as this, like, just, like, multi-dimensional goon. Yeah, he's and... like a snarky goon. He's like... Right. He's He is a self-aware, snarky, rash goon. He, like, recognizes that he's absurdly powerful, but also recognizes that he makes bonehead moves because he literally just calls himself a bonehead a couple times. Right, and, and, and most of Bowser's storylines uh, outside of him being the main antagonist 
are basically Bowser in a situation where the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Most of the time, ironically enough, it's some sort of mega baddie who basically just takes over Bowser's kingdom. And Bowser's like, hey, wait, I want my castle back. This is ridiculous. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's Thousand Year Door, Mario RPG, uh, Origami King. Bowser's Inside Story. Yep. Man, Bowser's kingdom gets taken over quite a bit in in the, uh, just the Mario RPG universe. Yeah. More so than I really thought about. I'm not gonna lie. I really thought it was gonna be less frequently than, like, four. But it do be like that. Now, another important part of the Paper Mario series is the music. Uh, the music is some of the best stuff. It's, it's just so good. The, the, the battle yeah. theme is great. The, the different areas all sound awesome. I think, uh, what is what is it, like the Crystal Palace? Oh my gosh, the Crystal Palace music is so good that I had it as menu music for Brawl when I used to hack music for Brawl. It was so, so good. It's a banger. It's a banger. Uh, just if you Shiver if you City able was to. menu. Sorry, the palace music was Project M. I had I had Shiver City as the um, menu theme for a while. Ooh. Oh, Shiver City is so good. Shiver City is great. Yeah, they did such a good job using. They used things that existed in the Mario universe for the most part already. But they gave it so much character and made them so much more interesting. Right. I mean, like, ever, like almost every traditional Super Mario enemy is represented in the game. But there's always some sort of twist. There's always some sort of, like, little character adjustment that they give to them. Like, the, the Shy Guys are a perfect example in this game. Yeah. Where, like, the you know, the base Shy Guy exists, but... For the most part, the shy guys you're fighting all have some sort of like secondary, like hobby attached to them. Like there's healer shy guys, there's sniper shy guy, there's general guy, there's flying shy guy, there's on fire shy guy. Not a hobby, I guess. That one's just uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and and then you have a uh, gourmet guy. Who's the greatest shy guy of all? Oh, gourmet guy. Gourmet guy is a shy guy that is like eight feet tall and about eight feet wide. And believe it or not, his hobby is uh, eating food. Which Specifically gourmet food. Loves gourmet food. So much so that it becomes a, a key story point in the B story. Because he's literally, he's literally um, Snorlax at one point. Straight up Snorlax. Just blocking the way until he uh, gets what he needs. Uh, so I guess no, no polka flute involved here, but I did want to talk about the game's B story for just a second. Now the, the main plot is Mario going on this adventure. Uh, the, the story plays out in like a storybook type way where each new area is is a chapter in this book. And in between chapters, you get to play like mini segments as princess peach, who is trapped in Bowser's castle which is currently flying high above the Mushroom Kingdom. Well, she's trapped in her own castle, which is on top of Bowser's castle, uh, which is flying above the Mushroom Kingdom. That's a complicated situation. Yeah, but uh, in between each of Mario's little escapades, Peach has the opportunity to kind of meander around her castle, 
and learn new things about what's happening in the world below. And with the help of a little star sprite named Twink, she can uh, maybe pass some information off to Mario uh, to help aid him on his quest or just learn about what Bowser's really up to. And some of these are just absolutely hilarious, including, uh, we mentioned Gourmet Guy, a minigame where Princess Peach has to literally bake Gourmet Guy a cake. Yep. And as a kid growing up, this was one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, because you didn't have access to a stopwatch. Yeah, I didn't have a reliable timer, so I had to, like, count. I literally used a clock and, like, waited for, like, a clock to change minute and then do my best because you had to, like, wait, like, 20 or 30 seconds while baking a cake. And if it wasn't – I think you had, like, a one-second window either way. I think it uh, was a little a little more than that. I think it was like two or three. But it was close enough where, like, you had to be pretty accurate. Right. You had to be, like, between, like, 28 and 32 seconds or something. Uh, but if you got it wrong, he would, like, spit it out, and you'd have to restart this process all over. And it probably took me, like, six or seven tries to get this cake done because I was a, a pretty dumb 11-year-old, apparently. I don't even think that's dumb. I think it's just, like... How many people are that good at keeping time that well? Like, who practices keeping time like that? Like, I was able to keep time in music by counting to four, right? Sure, that's great. I never sat there and was like, how long is a second actually? And speedrunners have it easy because they literally have a clock right in front of them. Yep. Rude. Speedrunners. Jeez Louise. Oh my gosh, if you want to see something crazy, you should watch a speedrun of this game. I bet it's wild. The the out of bounds glitches that they do, like in um, I forgot the name of the tree level. I'm blanking. Oh, uh, flower fields. Yeah, flower fields. You can jump, you can jump behind the big tree and like warp around and do stuff and end up in areas that you don't have access to yet. Oh wow! It's really really weird. Yeah, this game I feel like could be pretty easily broken. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of things that are broken, like. Using sushi in places you're not allowed to use sushi. Um, do you remember I showed you that trick in Shiver City where you can, like, you can go in the water, and then if you go in the right spot, you can go underneath the ice, and then you can go through the... Yeah, the, you're swimming. And then you just swim through the ground, and because of that, you just you just ignore all the cutscenes because you never technically walk into the loading zone. Isn't that like a Junior Troopa skip or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, but then, then so you have to funny. get back out of the ground, so there's a way to do that. But there is a lot of really weird tricks in the game. That's super cool. The game wraps up with a big showdown between Mario and his partners and the big Bowser himself on top of a real Final Destination-looking uh, power platform, as it's known in the game. Uh, Bowser's stolen the star rod which gives him invincibility but with the help of the star spirits and i don't know the the friends we made along the way mario is able to overtake bowser save the princess save the mushroom kingdom and then what happens after that is one of the greatest tropes in mario rpg history which frankly they got to get back to because it's such a banger every single time i don't know why more games don't do this uh, Donkey Kong Country. I was just gonna say you did this. You saw, you talked about this during your stream. Oh my gosh! Listen, I think character parades at the end during credits is such a brilliant thing 
you know, uh, the uh, Super Mario RPG had a character parade during its credit sequence that was absolutely incredible. Uh, Mario, R uh, Paper Mario for the Nintendo 64, which showcases all the, uh, the major characters that you encounter with from the beginning of the game to the end. Uh, really just well done that, you know, shows... It's just like a good feel to like kind of revisit your whole adventure in this little, you know, five minute sequence. And it's a shame that more games don't have character parades uh, during the end credits. Yeah, I thought the, the parade was great. The Mario RPG one especially was pretty funny. Right. Because you had the like... Axor and Mac and stuff. Smithy's minions all getting bops and stuff like and that. Stuff. Yeah, very like good. Squished Mac running around. <laughs> yeah, Mac Bowyer and uh, and I think uh, Yardovich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. It's just fun storytelling, and it, it, it there's there's an air of the Mario RPG games and and tone of lightness where. You know, even if things are, you know, situationally dire, the, the the game never takes itself so seriously where they're not going to, like, have some kind of silly joke thrown in there. That That's actually one of the staples of the, the Mario RPG games in general, be it Paper Mario, be it, you know, Mario and Luigi, yep. uh, or any other, uh, really any Mario game with a significant amount of dialogue you know it, it there's always some silly shenanigans going on and it, it really helps keep this like whimsical adventure out of like a dark tone which is something i'm happy that the the mario franchise really hasn't done they they break that sp specifically though with the final bosses often where when you encounter the actual final boss, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, where that kind of adds to the intensity of the final bosses because you're like, oh, shoot, they're really going to, like, end the world or something. Right. The the juxtaposition like, is really apparent. And I – because even leading up – and we'll talk about this when we talk about Thousand Year Door, but even that ending where, you know, you're facing off against uh, Grotus – Oh yeah. Even, even still, oh, yeah. like even to like Grotus's last moments in the game, it's played as a joke uh, in a lot of instances. And then you face right. the true final boss, and it's like, oh, oh, it's go time now, is it? Uh, yeah, you have you literally have the option in Thousand Year Door of just game overing by choice, which is very funny. Mario RPG, you have Smithy literally smashing enemies that you. Like, we're fighting as bosses earlier to make fodder at one point. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, and then you get to the, the final stage of Smithy, and you have, like, the, the graveyard. Where, yeah, all of, like, the Smithy like, rejects. Your Bowser fight, you literally, like, become powerless, and he's like, any last words, punk? And you're like, we're gonna die. We literally can't touch him. Uh, there's a point in Thousand Year Door where you're like, Everyone's gonna die. Like they they save those moments for the very end of the game, and they're like, everything is fun in games. And then you get to the final final boss, and you're like, oh my god, this is actually really dire. Everyone's gonna die. 
they do such a good job of saving that though. The rest of the game, you're beating bosses and stuff, and like they're leading up to that, and it's serious. But they do such a good job of keeping it lighthearted, just like stellar writing. It, it yeah, and that's definitely I would say the number one strength of the the Mario RPG games in general is just their their writing staffs that they have for these games are just so incredible. Uh, I don't know if it's you know, you know like the just the localization or whatever, but it's always a ten out of ten. Just the writing is always fantastic for these games, and you know they're really a great RPG to to play when you kind of you know like you know if you've been playing a lot of traditional JRPGs, there's a lot of like just end of the world, a lot of sadness, a lot of just bleak situations. You know, Paper Mario is a good kind of counterbalance to those games where you know everything is going to be okay in the end and you are going to have some fun along the way these adventures don't have to just be trials and tribulations in the worst way you know sometimes you can have a a kooky adventurer following you around or sometimes you know you might find a a fun little treasure chest or or meet some really goofy characters along the way and you know it's it's just as valid they managed to get the serious stuff in there, so like that's not ignored. Right, it's not but, totally lost. But in, even in the worst games in the series, you have like Luigi riding in on a Mario Kart cart to save the day in Color Splash, for example. Like you, <laughs> you just have such ridiculous. You have a temple for rock paper scissors. You have all these ridiculous things that are so funny. You have like characters that are self-aware if you're cheating. In Thousand Year Door, uh, in Paper Mario, the boss like asks Princess Peach, sorry, Cammy Koopa asks Peach for what Mario hates the most to try and mess with him, and you can just tell Cammy Koopa, oh yeah, he's really scared of mushrooms and maple syrup, and Cammy Koopa will be like, <laughs> and drop these right. things in chests for you to pick up right. instead of enemies. Like it, there are so many things that are so goofy. That even when you're like, oh god, they could die. You're like, <laughs> lol. Right. It, like, cause what does Cammy ask? Like, what's what's the thing that Mario hates the most? Right. That's literally what she asks. She asks, what does he hate the most? And you can either give him enemies to fight, or you can give him like a mushroom, a maple syrup, and like a fire flower or something. And he, and like Cammy will like comment on them afterwards. Like, if you choose the like the healing items and stuff, she's gonna be like. I don't know. I don't think he really hates this. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's weird. All right, whatever. Whatever you say. She's like questioning it. Like, <laughs> it's just funny. It has very strong, like, uh, malicious compliance vibes where it's like, oh, Bowser said, do whatever she said. So, whatever. The game is so fun. We, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of things that we didn't even talk about yet, but it's, there's just so much. There's so much to talk about. Like, it, yeah. You've got Yoshi's, where you have to, like, save the day. You have the return of Raphael the Raven, who helps save you in the forest, even though he was, like, a boss. In... The fact that he lives, like, among the Yoshi's in a harmonious way. Uh, the last they look time at him saw... like a god. Right, the last time we... Uh... He's like Maui. He's like Maui. He's a demigod. Yeah, he's kind of a demigod. It's, it's just funny, because the last time you see Raphael the Raven in a Mario game is he's a boss that Yoshi has to face. The fact that they're in one of the the Princess Peach things, Princess Peach gets involved in like just like them 
the enemy's doing a bit of a trivia quiz off. Oh, yeah. That was so good. Princess Peach just gets roped into a trivia game. Why? Because they're short a person, and she shows up, and they're like, well, we could send you back, but we do need one more. All right, come on down. <laughs> and, and it's just a trivia game, and you win, like, a badge that you can send to Mario. It's it's so... Or, I'm sorry, I think that's what gets the uh, the sneaky parasol, which she can use to, like, yeah. copy enemies' appearances, which is used in the later... The future ones. Yeah. It's just such a... Like, the, it, the game is just so silly. And they thought it's it, so they, it's well thought out. It's like, it's goofy, right. Everything's but, it's, super but intentional. it's very, right, it's very well planned. Like, right. they they very clearly, before they finalized areas and were like, alright, this is, this is it, move on to the next one. They were like, how can these areas interact in weird, funny ways? Or how can these characters that are supposed to be completely unrelated... Or opposing each other, subvert your expectations in some way, and that was like the whole point. The whole like the humor of most of those games, until you hit about Sticker Star, from Mario RPG all the way through, including Superstar Saga, until you hit a Sticker Star. Right. The, the humor is just like, I am going to subvert your expectations with something goofy. Right. You always think it's going to go one way, and then they hit you with the rope a dope, and it. I love this game. I love this game. It is a very good, very good game. And that is why it is one of the games of our lives. It is one of the games of our lives. Matt, do you have anything else to add? God, I could, if I really wanted to, I could talk for like literal hours beyond this. But I think the one thing, if you've never played this game, um, it's on NSO. And you should play it because it is, it's super fun. You can customize your characters in a way and play it differently um there's really one or two right ways to do it you know everyone else is wrong but no i'm kidding like you can do you can do so many different things you can favor certain characters the stories are super fun don't be afraid to use an online guide if you get stuck because there's like one or two spots where it suffers from like this is older game design right sucks to be you good luck finding this thing thing but other than that like you it's just so fun. It's just so goofy. You you have, like, the whole Shiver City bit with, like, the, oh, murder mystery. Like, it's just so many funny things in the game. We didn't even talk about the funny, like, joke character that you battle a million times. Oh, my like, God. Junior Troopa, who literally... Like, there's, just, there's so many things to talk about that we didn't even get to some of my favorite parts of the game. That's how amazing this game is. You Go play it. Yeah, yeah, it... It's listen. If you can't get an original copy, it's on Nintendo Switch Online uh, as one of the Nintendo 64 games, and it literally it you know it's part of a uh, an insane set of Mario games that are just so incredible. And one of my, the last thing that I'm gonna throw in, there's a little farm that in the game exists. You get these things uh, called little oinks. And they are just these little different colored pigs. And my sister and I uh, would play this game together. Like, I would play it and she would watch. And every single time that I played this game, my sister would uh, come in and just... And it just makes me smile every time I think about it. But she would just jump in and be like, Billy, the little oinks need your care, Billy. 
and she would say it every single time and it would i would be in tears cracking up because you don't do you don't really do anything with the little oinks like they they can give you items occasionally they're an essential part of the game though they are an absolutely non-essential part of the game i don't know what you're talking about listen you can play the entire game and not even touch the little oinks i'm just saying that like they are an optional existence but the little oinks are so incredible and no they're so, essential you have to yeah, you don't no. get the experience without that it's true it's true they're they're, they're little oinks they're they're a little lottery tickets is what they are yeah but, that's literally what they are <laughs> but <laughs> but they're the little oinks and they need my care <laughs> And oh man, just so funny. I spent way too much time and money in that game doing that. And and all all for the sake of like getting one item that you could have just gotten with the cost. But they're so cute, Bill. They're they're adorable. They're like little chibi pigs and they they just crack me up cuz they're so silly looking. So silly looking. Oh, hey, Sonny. So, man, I just got to give this game a tip of the hat, you know? Boom. Tip of the hat. It's Paper Mario, baby, for existing and making my life better. Yep. That's it. Right there. I also got a new tip of the hat. This one oh. is not not a video game related one. This is just like an IRL related one. But tip of the hat to uh, uh, to me. I'm tipping my own hat to myself because uh, I got a new job and it starts in a couple of weeks and I'm very excited because Yay. it's, it's uh, a good thing. So... Woo! New job! Let's go! Matt, you got a tip of the hat? Similarly, in that regard, um, I have a tip of the hat to my sister, Kiwi. Hey? Uh, M got sponsored, and apparently her sponsor is going to fly her out to California for an event there. Yo! That's um, sick! Congrats, in the span of In the span of, like, a month and a half, two months, she went from being unsponsored and being like, I don't know, do I actually go back to school and do something? To getting sponsored through the esports program at a college that she's going to do the online program at. So she's in their, like, esports team. She's on their Smash team. And she's going to be competing for them, so college is basically, like, nothing now. Um... And she got sponsored by Club Smash, and she's going to be on the same team as the world's number one Belmont player in Ultimate. So, what? like, it's pretty sick. That's insane. Oh, and she's studying psychology, so she's been able to, like, so far in the work she's doing for school, she's been citing things from Healthy Gamer, Vsauce, Veritasium, and a bunch of other stuff. Like, it's it's so cool. That, it's just really cool. That's so sick. That's awesome. So, I, well, I tip multiple hats. Yeah, congrats, uh, Kiwi, for for just doing the dang thing. In contrast... With every tip comes a wag, a wag of the finger. And uh, listen, my wag of the finger, again, not a gaming-related one today. You know, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wag my finger uh, at my cats today because... R- really? Yeah, really. Because I got home from work uh, yesterday... And, and and Sonny left a little chocolate surprise. <laughs> so like I I listen, you treat your, your you treat your cats like people. And I walked up to her and I'm like, Sonny, what the frick, dude? Like, you don't have to be just such a, a piece of trash all the time. 
and like I, I just got out of work i just you know i spent my whole day wiping butts and now i got a clean poopy at home too this is ridiculous and you know what her response was to me do it again she literally puked on the floor in front of me <laughs> like a real cherry on top i was like i come on this is ridiculous listen sunny is an old lady and she's having a hard time keeping that stuff in sunny i'm about to wag some paper towels at you forget about wagging my finger like gonna wrap her in bubble wrap i don't know if that would work very well it'd be some stinky bubble wrap that's for sure but that's my wag of the finger matt what's your wag of the finger this week uh atriox should not exist who the heck is atriox atriox is a twitch streamer who was uh, apparently subscribed to a site or a member of a site that was doing deep fakes that were uh, very lewd and illicit or explicit? Both. That one. Probably both. both. Um, but it got caught while streaming because apparently it was like on his browser window. <laughs> bro, bro left sus tabs open. Listen, I am a married man, so you know what would make people feel better? Like, if make like maybe feel a little bit of pity for me. Maybe I'll have my wife as a prop, and I'm going to have her cry on stream, and I'll apologize about how I was watching deepfakes of Pokimane and other women, and they didn't consent to any of this. Um, yeah, so that apology was not an apology. It's just like, like, uh, homie... Homie got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and wants people to feel bad. Listen, I only had... I, I, it's the only food I had was the cookies. Right, right. It's like, And then you look to the left and there's like a burger bar and you're like, bro, that is not true. Bro, you literally have a wife, one. Two, leaving tabs open during a live stream. Bro, if you're going live, rule number one is to make sure the only tabs that are open on any browsers that you are using during a live stream are, are those that are relevant to the stream. If they are not, close them. And if you can't handle that, then you're a bad streamer. Like, oh. that's, that is, listen, that's that's a rookie move. And that's some amateur hour stuff. That's just not professional uh, work. And the fact that you got caught, you know, looking at, deep fakes of of people one without their consent two it's just like cringe and creepy and weird and gross and like damn dude cry about it harder with your wife crying in the background i'm not gonna feel bad for you because you're freaking lemon i almost dropped a hard f on this podcast i don't even normally do that he's just he just deserves it though he's just such a loser he's like scum of the earth i hope this guy goes for a a fake taxi ride sometime you know what i'm saying is that is that too much is that going too far no i feel like if anyone deserves it it's him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry frenzy but atrioc deserved it not you it's facts wag of the finger dude big old wag of the finger can't end on that note though it's just so it's just so bad so uh i guess everyone look forward to those upcoming games Maybe go watch. We're not done yet. We're not done with the podcast. You think we're signing off on the podcast? There's a whole other segment we got to talk about. I got scared for a second, Bill. I was afraid that we were going to leave on such a negative note. We would never. We would never. Okay, good.
because we got to talk about the games we've been playing this week. Oh, you're right. Good call. Good Come call. on, son. Come on, son. Ah, Folks, he's I'm still s- new to the podcast. I'm Give new him, to this. Cut I'm him some slack. <laughs> so we've got ourselves the last little segment called What Games Have You Been Playing This Week? Uh, I'm going to start and just say uh, on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash fajita, I have been embarking on a Donkey Kong Country marathon, which you know now is a 100% marathon where I am playing through every single Donkey Kong Country game, including Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, over on my Twitch channel, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central, baby. But that's not... You should go watch. I'm just saying. But that's not all. That's not all. I've been playing a handful of other games. This was a very productive video game week for me. Uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got three other games uh, to talk about real quick. Uh, One I'm going to brush over because there's a lot of controversy behind it. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's just like the person who made it is a real scumbag and a real piece of work. And it's unfortunate because I'm actually enjoying playing the game. Is it Hogwarts Legacy? No, it's High on Life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Justin yeah. Roiland is I a, was going to say, you're not a Harry Potter guy. That's surprising. I'm not a uh, – well, the Harry Potter game doesn't come out until February, but I actually didn't want to bring it up because I'm like, I don't know, there's – there's a lot of heat behind that game, and I don't want to get involved in that heat. But here I am playing high on life, uh, you know. So I'm gonna catch some heat. But the game's kind of fun, so that's why. It, and it was for it's on Game Pass. I have Game Pass. That's then I was like, all right, well let me check it out because I like a little first person shooter action that are story based, and uh, the game's okay. I'm sorry that I'm playing it. I'm not sorry that I'm playing it. The game I'm having fun with it. JB Smoove is just too funny. Just just be honest about the fact that you understand that the guy who made it is the guy who made it. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, that, that I fully uh, understand. And they also licensed an entire 90-minute movie called uh, Tammy and the Tyrannosaurus Rex, a, a real-life movie from, like, 1992, starring Denise Richards and uh, that one guy from Fast and the Furious. And... You can watch the entire movie in this game. Uh, really? As a bit, yes. Uh, which, I mean, like, that's kind of wild. How did they manage to pull that off? They just have the rights to the movie. It's a, a crappy movie from the 90s. Probably only cost them, like, 30 bucks. Probably cost a little more than 30 bucks, but still. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Matt, have you been playing any games? I've been playing pretty much three games but one of them is like the the quote video game game okay um, <clears throat> marvel snap and hearthstone of course of course those are just like the de facto i have five minutes to kill games sure but also i have been trying to complete the pokedex and you know what let's fire it up really quick where am i at in that venture right now i've been playing i have never been invested enough to try and complete the pokedex on a, a pokemon game that's fair where am i at where am i at I'm so, at. so the national decks has three fifty eight. Ooh, you are you are less than fifty Pokemon away from completing the national decks. There, I'm gonna have to start trading with people though because I don't have. Oh, I, I got you. St- I don't have Stonejourner. I don't have. Uh, I have to get Scizor to get Scizor. Don't you have to trade it with Metal Coat or something? You do have to trade Scyther with Metal Coat. Yeah. Yes. I don't have the Qua 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 line. Wow, the Quacky Boys. 
I also do not have the Tyranitar line, but I think that's because that's that's also Titar is a uh, Scarlet exclusive. Yeah, I don't have Palafin, I don't uh, have Orang- or- Oranguru, and I don't have Magnazone. The rest of it is all you, stuff that you can actually get your own Magnazone, sir. I thought you have to trade Thunderstone. Well we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Oh wait, that's it. Yeah, it's Thunderstone on Magneton. Oh, that's so easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, well, that, I'm pretty close free. then. Yeah, that one's free. Uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk. I'll help you. I'll help you. Nice. Get, get your stuff taken care of. But yeah, I've just been playing that. I've, I have never had this much fun just playing Pokemon. I, the last time I had this much fun just playing it was either heart, gold, soul, silver, or gold, silver. I have not just enjoyed the gameplay loop. Actually, no, this and Arceus Legends in my mind are the same thing, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. I also nice. played um, played some Smash and Mario Kart with the kids. Oh, sick. I mean, what's not to love about Smash and Mario Kart? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Games are bangers. Oh, uh, I did take your your uh, your lead from the last episode of the podcast. And Little I Gator did, Game? did beat Little Gator Game. Uh, Little Gator Game, adorable. Just to, to double down on anything Matt said last time, just a, a really, really cute game hit me in the feels and uh if you got it 20 hits bucks you a special way if you're an older sibling doesn't it? It, it, it man it really do it really do i i cried a little i'm not gonna lie I, I, i'm not gonna lie i did too i am not afraid to admit it neither am i neither am i it was one person uh, who is afraid to admit it but we'll yeah. leave them out of it yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's that's between the them and themselves, I guess, really. Uh, and the last game that I've been playing uh, is a classic JRPG banger that I just have never played through uh, to completion before, and that is Final Fantasy VI for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it, it, it's one of those like glaring like holes in my video game catalog. Yeah, you haven't of met Kefka. I've oh, I've I've now met Kefka and. I know, know that Kefka is a bad dude, like a bad. Oh, he's like dude. he's like the epitome he's, of bad. He's like dude. a bad dude for the sake of being a bad dude. Like he's being a bad dude because he enjoys being a bad dude. Yeah, like there's no there's no like oh I kind of sympathize with them because oh yeah he's reasons. maybe he's no one it, of the it's most... literally just wow this guy is tragically awful right like he he just gets more and more hateable every time you see him because he's a weasel. He's a sneak, he's a jerk, and he's just a, a piece of human garbage. Like, yeah, a real is. a real Atrioc, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I like how we're using Atrioc as a unit of measurement for how bad something is now. Yeah, no, I'm... Because I mean, it's like, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Dude's just... Like, except dude wouldn't even apologize. He would just be like, yeah, yeah, I did it, <laughs> and I'd do it again. Um, I don't know why I gave him that voice. That's probably not what Kefka sounds like. He's more of a sniveling kind of dude. Very. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, much. He's a big sniveler, uh, which I don't know if that's a thing, but it's it's a thing. You know what I mean? I. Yep. Matt, any I'm other sure. games you've been playing? No, that's really it. I've I've just been putting a lot of time in Pokemon. I, again, never have been so into just trying to catch them all. And it's been so fun doing the terror raids too. Like even still, oh yeah, even it's so still, fun. like it's like there's there's so many like the the different terror raids that you can encounter really force you to kind of expand your uh, 
your Pokemon in your active roster to, to really cover so many different things. Turns out just Belly Bolt and uh, Iron Hands can basically handle about 50% of the load. And Yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot. <clears throat> there's a lot you can do with a couple of things. You don't but, need a whole lot. But you got to get them drugged up. You got to make sure that they've had every steroid under the sun. Otherwise, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? I feel like you're focusing on a different part of this than I am, but that's okay. Folks, the takeaway here is that you should let your Pokemon do drugs. Yep, you said it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Games of Our Lives podcast. Listen, if you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps the show's growth. Uh, We are available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you have anything you wanted to say to us about the show, you can drop a comment on the YouTube or you can hit us up on uh, Twitter or Instagram at the games of our pod. And you can find Matt, our wonderful co-host at Battleon on Twitter and on YouTube where he drops little video game snippets and how to's. And you sure can do. You can find me at Bill the Fajita on uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok, I don't know. I'm, that may not be lasting a lot longer. I don't know. News these days is getting a little spicy on TikTok, but TBD on that. But most of the time, you can find me hanging out on my Twitch on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. Central at Bill the Fajita playing uh, this week some Donkey Kong Country. But, folks, thank you again so much. We cannot wait until uh, next episode where we're going to talk about uh, why LaCroix is the best seltzer of all time. We're lo- also important detail. Looking for a new co-host. <laughs> you got my resignation. Oh, well, I guess next episode we'll be we'll be uh, looking for new co-hosts as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.